This is Because I Want To, November Edition. Hello, and welcome back to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And welcome back. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Indeed. Don't worry, I've been working on our December version of the intro. I'm so excited. Can we just have something just seasonally just rotating through? I think so. I think so. I think that's the plan. I've also discovered voice effects, so that's a whole thing. Is that going to be featured in our Christmas intro? I think so. Like a haunting, (laughs) echoey Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay's just getting over having a meltdown about how I talk to my dog. We were about (laughs) to record this and Sarah's like, hold on, I need to comfort my dog in an in a caress and then she said don't worry london i'll give you a pain pill later and i just can't i can't she's so old now she gets pain pills so we're starting this from an emotional and vulnerable place yeah well i'm starting this from a very confused place because i forgot we were even doing this today yeah, I snapped you a couple hours ago and was like, what time do you want to podcast? Like, are we doing this? Which So I'm glad that we're just doing a continuation of last week. Yes, because I, do you know, like sometimes you get in such like just a homebody mode that you kind of forget the rest of the world exists. Yeah, and time is a vacuum. Yes, I, uh, I entered that today. You were in the vacuum. <laughs> I am. I look homeless. All I've done is eat trash all day. And I've just watched Madam Secretary since I woke up this morning. So what's Madam Secretary? It's a show about the Secretary of State played by Tay Leone. And I love it. Oh, I like her. Yeah, I've like watched this show like five times through now. So, so again, is I guess the way of it. It's your it's your comfort place. Yes, I I would agree. I like it because I, I like still don't remember some stuff that happens on it every time I rewatch it. So it's a good time. I've been obsessed with Big Brother. I've watched all of one season in the past week, which is that's <laughs> there's 30 that's episodes. In, that's impressive. <laughs> That's some dedication. I know, but it's like, I think I tend to get obsessed with things and that's all I fixate on. So I just watch it whenever I have any free time. It's always on. I get that though. I fixate on things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But what have you been up to, friend, outside of watching Big Brother? (sighs) So I've been at work. So when I'm not at work, I'm watching Big Brother. But when I'm at work, I'm doing work stuff, which is going well. And Good. Yeah. I'm digging it. That's good. I'm glad. What's it like to dig what you do for a living? I haven't felt that in a while. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to talk about this more when we do our book club. But I feel like I've been unconsciously manifesting things and they are coming to fruition Ooh, tell tell me your secrets because i can't manifest shit so okay we're going to do our book club about chaos magic but in it he talks about have you ever seen the secret or read the secret i have not but i know what the general gist of it is It's really similar to that, where you basically just put out your intention into the universe and then the universe like returns it to you. So as an example, when I moved from Maryland to Louisiana and I left teaching and I was in a tizzy because I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? (laughs) A, A tizzy. You know, it's like a scary thing to just completely. Yeah, man. Shift. I don't have the balls for it. But I was like, okay, what I really want 
and I like consciously thought about this. I want to do programming in a museum or a library, like youth programming. And then that's exactly what I ended up doing. It was like kind of freaky. It's pretty sweet. I mean, I do think if you like think about something often enough and put your mind on it often enough, that is like, you know, sending a little signal out there of get this for me. Yeah. So like I had that job down there. And then when I moved out here, that was also very scary. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I would love to do some kind of like, I don't know. I always thought when I was teaching, I wanted to be like, you know, like a resource teacher for teachers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, that's kind of like what I'm doing now. So it's just like been a long kind of meandering path to that. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. the idea of putting it out there and getting back. Also, I love that you like what you're doing. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of feeling a little bit less anxious and less intimidated, which is, I was feeling very anxious. (laughs) I feel that. I mean... You are in charge of a lot of stuff and like you don't really have anybody to ask what to do outside of just like figuring it out. Yeah. And just starting in a new job somewhere with all new people. If you're not an extrovert, it's just like very scary. Delight. Mm-hmm. But what have you been up to? How have you been? I've been all right. We're back virtually teaching again. Mm-hmm. So I'm back doing that, which... It's kind of a double-edged sword because I do like the extra, like, hour of sleep I get every day, and I do like not having to put pants on, but (laughs) it is very, like, I don't leave my house. I haven't left my house because that's not true. That's a lie. I went to Home Goods yesterday. Um, Well, I mean, does that really count, leaving once? (laughs) Well, I'm, like, trying to avoid going out until Thanksgiving because I don't want to give my parents anything, and I have, like had a cough for a while so I was like I'm gonna get COVID tested just in case Uh and I could not get an appointment anywhere really anywhere oh my god the soonest I could get tested was this coming Tuesday and I was like I've felt sick for like a week and a half like by that point that's scary that just shows you the numbers even being how they are I'm sure it's much worse than what we're seeing Mm -hmm. I was like, what am I, like, CVS didn't have anything, Walgreens didn't have anything. I think a big problem, too, is where I live, there's one, like, Department of Health testing site. That's it. And so, Hmm. once that's booked, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It kept telling me to go to, like, Pennsylvania. And I was like, (laughs) mind you, I live very close to Pennsylvania. But still, yeah, it was... It was interesting. I was talking to another teacher and she was like, yeah, I had a cough. I was going to go get tested, but there wasn't anywhere to do it. So I just kept oh coming to work. Oh, my God. Okay. I have a family member who was sick for like weeks with a cough and sore throat and they want to get tested. But I guess in that county, you can only get tested if you have a fever or like blue lips or like really serious symptoms. See, that's just messed up. So, Yeah it's a mess like that to me i'm like okay so you don't actually want to know how many people have it then well there's a vaccine coming so i guess that's good that is good news yeah let's look at the positive there's a vaccine coming i just got my It'll flu be a while. vaccine good i got one this year as well yeah. oh did you have to go to the department of health to get yours okay i my insurance would only cover it cover it at the department of health but they're only open on weekdays so i can't go there so i had to pay out of pocket for it that's so stupid i know like they should want people to get the flu vaccine that's what i'm saying like at this point you should be giving it away for free exactly they should be coming to your places of work coming to your like libraries whatever yeah just having they come to the schools for free like why isn't it free anywhere else yeah i don't know our system (laughs) our system america (laughs) wow i love some aspects of you but man some other aspects really really get my grits as they say they really fry my eggs I like that one better. I had a friend say that one time and I was like, what? I've never heard that. 
<laughs> I really like a good food-related euphemism. Well, should we do our book club? We can do our book club. So just as a reminder, since we haven't talked about it in a while, mostly because I've been lazy about it, uh, <laughs> we're reading Condensed Chaos by Phil Hine, which is like a practical guide to practicing chaos magic, like real, not made up magic, I guess. I don't know. Ooh, guess look that depends at all on your those beliefs. notes you have in there. There's like two. <laughs> Oh, it looked like a lot for a second. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, that was that was back when I wrote stuff down and highlighted. I don't do that anymore. I've made some notes in the margin. This chapter was like really long. It took me about an hour to read it. I'm going to be honest. I skimmed the last few pages. Same. So I got a little bored. It was very. So anyway, we read the fifth chapter, right? Yes. Chapter five, Playing with Chaos. And it was, it started out pretty interesting because this is when he started talking about making sigils and how that works and how you can cast them into the universe. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was on board and then I got bored. Yeah. Well, at the end, he starts talking about like his own personal experiences and the chapter or the paragraphs are literally as long as the page. Mm -hmm. He's not a fan of grammar. Well, I don't think he has an editor. I very much doubt he does. There's lots of like grammatical errors and just in terms of like organizing the thoughts. But I did kind of like some of the stuff I read in this chapter. I was very like back and forth with it. Like I was like, I'm on board. And then I was like, all right. (laughs) He talks about sigils, but... He doesn't go enough into it. Like he says at one point, you can make a sigil, which is a glyph, but he doesn't explain how you make it. I guess here's here's my like rub with all of this. Like this book started off basically saying you can do whatever you want to make this work for you and whatever works for you is fine. So I guess if you take that into, you know, what you're doing. That's lazy though. I want to know how to do it. But does it matter? Or is it that you believe that it's a sigil and that it'll work that matters? Okay. He says, for a monogram, write out your intent, knock out all repeating letters, and from the rest, design a glyph. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Isn't that when it, like, overlaps each other? Like, I've seen people do that. Okay, we have, because we've seen, I mean, at least for me, I've seen like a TikTok about it. But if Uh I were to just read that, this is an introduction to it. This is not telling me how to do it at all. God, draw a picture. Maybe the next chapter will have pictures. So, yeah, I mean, there's like general ideas, but he doesn't really, like I, I think I've said this before. I feel like he's not really trying to teach me. Yeah, he kind of just talks around things. I got very confused when he started talking about casting sigils Mm -hmm. because it seemed like he was saying you have to do it at like an emotional precipice of some sort or like, (laughs) uh, so he like at the peak of of orgasm. Yeah, he does say that. I was trying to uh, (laughs) say it more. Let's go there. You need some sort of momentum to cast it into the multiverse, as he says. So, like, he literally at one point said you could pop a balloon and do it. And I was like, how is that the same? (laughs) It's not. He's starting to get more and more, like, sexual. Mm -hmm. He was, like, he was very judgmental about, like, not putting sex into magic. He was like, pleasure and magic. All right, dude. Like, it's fine. Just. (laughs) When he said, hold on, I'm trying to find this part. Like, previously in chapters, he would say, like, kind of sexual things every now and then. I'd be like, okay, whatever. But, like, in this chapter, he mentions things, like, three or four times. Um, He's getting more confident with sharing his views. Again, it's like the grooming thing where he's, like trying to adjust you to it well and he talked all about casting these sigils at you know some sort of precipice of emotion or like momentum but then he starts talking about how you can also do it when you're not paying attention and how like 
And I was like, I don't see how those two things relate to each other. I don't see how me ignoring it is going to cast it into the multiverse, uh-huh. as he says. So I don't know. He mentions, okay, I wrote in the margin, haha, what at this part, where he's talking about... I guess like sigils and casting them and then you evaluate whether they worked or not. And he says that he once performed a sigil enchantment for quote, new sources of pleasure. And that he admits that underlying this intention was the hope of new sexual entanglements. And shortly after the ritual, a friend gave him some new computer game programs, which Mm -hmm. did indeed provide me with many hours of pleasure, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, okay, that was a success. But if I had, quote, specified a desire to be fucked senseless, end quote. You gotta say that. Which, okay, I get the point he's making, but just, like, the words he's choosing is just not very, like, academic or professional. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, and if he was trying to make this a more everyday guide, there would definitely be some other things, like, I would leave out, like... I don't know. <laughs> That's the kind of yeah. thing where if you had an editor, they'd probably circle that part and be like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. No, Phil. So, yeah, I don't know. I, like, started all of this off with, like, every intention of trying this. And the more I read, the more I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> there was one part. Hold on. I wrote LOL next to it. Where he talks about found objects which i can get into like you see an object you pick Mm -hmm. it up you feel a connection you keep it you don't know what its purpose is whatever but he Mm -hmm. says that he found part of an old telephone handset and he carried it around for months and he found himself listening to it at odd moments and he would just playfully weird out people whoever he was sitting next to by just pulling out this telephone and just talking on it. That would also weird me out, Phil. <laughs> I would think you were a psychopath. <laughs> or a schizophrenic. So he's definitely a character. He has a sense of humor. Um but yeah, I just wonder about the efficacy of his suggestion exactly yeah yeah exactly he brings up ideas but he's not really trying to teach me how to do it (laughs) i would agree i would agree i feel like if i actually wanted to try these things and maybe this is just i'm used to learning this way but i would definitely have to watch a youtube video i did write down a couple things i wanted to try one was having a dream journal Yes, I'm 100% down to try, like, lucid dreaming. Yeah, I think we should both try to do that and report on it. Should we have, like, a new segment where we try things? Yeah, let's make this part of our book club discussion, I guess. Okay, we will try lucid dreaming, y'all, and get back to you. Yeah, we'll do, or I'll do the dream journal. We'll try the lucid dreaming. I also want to try doing the sigil thing and projecting it. You try that and you report back. And if you don't have anything weird happen to you, <laughs> then I will also try it. What emotional prep, 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 oh, wow, those, <laughs> yo, precipice, that's the word I wanted, that's the word I wanted, uh, what emotional precipice are you going to hurl yourself off of okay. in order to cast your sigil into the multiverse? He does mention something that I thought was kind of interesting where you have almost like a secondary sigil where you think about... He says, like, in this chapter, I th- you think about, like, a woman with long red hair carrying a dog. And you think about that. And then when that happens in your life, like, that's a signal to send out your other sigil. Because that's, like, a moment of clarity or whatever. All right. Maybe I will cast a sigil looking for, hmm, Santa driving a truck it's the time it's the time of year for that if i see it i'll cast another one out looking for oh i don't know i'll have to think about that one that's what what are you gonna that's like the primary one i have to think about that too it has to be something that you really want i think and you have to be specific i also learned that 
from his reading. Yeah. Be specific. Well, he says you have to really visualize all the details, but then once you cast it out into the multiverse, you have to just forget about it and let it go. Because I'm so capable of that. (laughs) Which I've like watched The Secret and in that movie they talk about you have to, you don't let it go. You have to constantly visualize it in order for the universe to bring it to you. So I don't know. See, it's a lot of back and forth. I don't know. All I know is I recently got re-diagnosed with adult ADD and hyperfixation <laughs> makes it really difficult. Well, we talked about this like one of the other times is that it's hard to like do these things if you like have anxiety or like ADD or like how do you reconcile yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... 33 and i've yet to figure that out and i've had add for my entire life so so i think i'll do the dream journal try the lucid dreaming do a sigil and then i also thought he talked about like gathering items and having an altar so i thought that would be kind of fun that would be fun i could get down with like a crystal altar situation right he said something that i don't know why this like resonated with me but like burying crystals in the earth for Gaia I was like "Mm, I can get down with that (laughs) you're like I connect with that idea I don't know why but I feel like here's here's a nice crystal a whole other thing but do you remember at the beginning when he was talking about like if you can you can pick whatever god or goddess or whatever that you want to focus where does that come in am I am I casting my glyph to Artemis (laughs) I don't know that am I asking her personally that's my problem with this book is it doesn't it's not a how-to yeah i don't want to piss the universe off yeah exactly if we're gonna do shit like this i don't want to fuck around like he said in last chapter he mentioned offhandedly you can have spirits possess you but i don't want to go around trying to do that if i don't know how to do it right no (laughs) No. i I don't want to do that even if i'm doing it right like i'm sorry my body is not your temple well I will maybe watch a YouTube video and I will give it a go. I definitely need to watch one about lucid dreaming if I'm going <laughs> to try it. You know what I was um, thinking, though, as I was reading this is because a lot of it's all about setting your intention and projecting it out is praying magic. Uh, I think it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if you're religious and you're listening to this and you I think mean, that God's going to like strike you down. If, but yeah. What if you're asking the universe to do something for you? Yeah. What if all those people, they're partaking it, they're magicians and they don't know it? Yeah. Well, here, have you ever read the book American Gods or seen the show American Gods? No. Okay. So, like, the whole premise of American Gods, and it's not a new premise, I don't think, is that. The thing that makes things real is just that people believe in it. So if you believe in something hard enough, it yeah. becomes actuality. So the whole premise of the show is that all of these gods and goddesses are wandering around because people believe in them. So there's like tons of Jesuses wandering around because everybody has a different version yeah. of Jesus and what Jesus is. And then you have these old like Norse gods and pagan gods trying to come back into power because people don't believe in them as much. So they've, you know, kind of lost things to the Jesuses. And there's like, the internet is a god. And like television. Ooh, yeah. Interesting. So if you go on that, you know, wavelength thought process, then yeah, it's magic. Because a lot of what I was reading in this chapter, where he's talking about setting an intention and you project it out and he even talks about like glossalia at one point which is speaking in tongues i was like this mm-hmm. sounds like praying and chanting mm-hmm. and the rosary you have that like physical object yeah you know especially in like older religions like catholicism where everything is routine and established and everybody says the same things exactly it's chanting it's what if they're just casting like spells (laughs) 
Really makes you think twice about things like the Pledge of Allegiance, doesn't it? I know. That's what I was thinking. We have this like symbol and we have this ritual and we all chant together. I have a question. I saw TikTok about this and I was like, oh, I agree. So I have very mixed feelings about the Pledge of Allegiance. Not going to get into it because I'm a teacher and that's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but do you think if you're a Christian and you are somebody who insists on saying the Pledge of Allegiance and all of these things, do you think that's idolatry? Hmm. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Right? right? Also, second follow-up question. <laughs> if Jesus came back today, don't you think he'd be a socialist? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he'd be, like, so far left. I'm going to ask my mom that question about the flag and see what she says. I'm curious, I feel like yeah, what she'll say. My mom is many things, but I do think my mom is closer to what, like, if you are actually Christian, like, mm-hmm. who, you, like, what it should be as opposed to what a lot of people are, so... I'll be interested to say, see what she thinks. That was a very intense question I just asked to end our segment on chaos magic. Yeah, so I think I will do my dream journal. You should do yours or do your lucid dreaming. We'll report back. Maybe not next week. Maybe it'll take more time. But Here's the thing that's been worrying me about lucid dreaming, though, is I've been having really intense dreams lately, and it <laughs> has led me to be hearing some voices early in the morning like oh, oh my yeah. god tell me about it oh it was awful it's the worst one i've ever heard so to recap sometimes when i am half in between waking and asleep in the morning um it always happens to me at like four or five in the morning i will hear things uh a long time it was a woman recently it was a man and this week it is what I could only describe as a zombie in my ear going, blah, 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 blah. and then I woke up and it sounded like it was saying, get out of the room. And oh my God. I woke up. And oh it was like God. four in the morning and I just laid there in a cold sweat for about an hour. But you know what I've realized? And maybe this is what I was hearing is that Moose, my dog, she makes these noises that are like, hmm when she wants me to do something and she was making them this morning when she wanted me to get out of bed and I was like is that what I heard and my brain just interpreted it but I don't think it was because it was four in the morning and I'm pretty sure she was asleep oh my god why is your subconscious torturing you what's like disturbing to me too is like how easily I like I don't go back to sleep real easily after it but I do manage to go back to sleep which is Because you're probably like in your deep REM cycle and it wakes you up briefly, but then you just, yeah, fall back into it. I usually just put the Big Bang Theory on and fall asleep listening to that. Like, I don't even know like what you do for that. Do you think, I wonder if like it's a manifestation of like anxiety or stress and. I mean, I'm sure it is. It happens when I'm having like a stress dream. Yeah. My mom likes to, she always tells me, she's like, it's your guardian angel trying to like keep you from having a nightmare. And I'm like, okay, so my guardian angel's a zombie now? Like, well, is that what this is? Maybe like the key is just the framing and the perception. Like if you think it's helping you, maybe it will not be as scary. But what if it's a demon? And then I'm like, great. Thank you, Mr. Demon. And then he haunts me for the rest of my life. I think the key is... If you think it's a demon, it's like you're welcoming it in. Ew. 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 <laughs> All right. So it's a guardian angel then because I'm yeah. more comfortable with that. So cool. <laughs> and Ooh. I mean, okay, maybe next time you should try. What's it called? Like projecting your sigil at it. Make a sigil of protection. <laughs> I just had this this vision of like me in an anime being like Whoosh-oom! exactly like make your little symbol or yeah project some kind of project like protection thing. I'll just paint it on my forehead. Yeah, be like stay out of here. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that can be your moment, as our author says, Phil Hine of Gnosis, where it's like heightened clarity where you can project your will or your intention i tell you i'm starting to think i 
have something following me around and I don't care for it. Like it's been like sometimes I feel like things are touching me and it's just I don't oh, like it. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Just like like the back of my neck. Yeah. Ew. If you can't relax when you're asleep, when can you? Never. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. So anyway, <laughs> delight. Uh, we'll see if lucid dreaming makes that better or worse. I, yeah, I I let's utilize our what we're learning from chaos magic to, yeah, address that. <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, back to our actual topic. Not back to. Well, I guess it is back to. We talked about this last week. Ancient Mysteries, part two. We're reading an article called 17 Eerie and Incredible Unsolved Ancient Mysteries from Around the World. So last week we got through about half of it. Uh, so the next thing that we're on is the Helenicon Pyramid, which is in... Peru. No. Peru? No, Greece. Damn it. Greece. I'm so far <laughs> off. <laughs> Uh, so it's like a, it looks like a step pyramid. I don't think it is a step pyramid, but it looks kind of like one. Um, and basically it's way older, I think. They're not sure, which, you know, hmm. uh, it's older than the Egyptian pyramids. And I guess the thing with it is they can't figure out what its point was. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like they're like, was it memorializing something? Is there something under it? Is there something in it? They haven't been able to find anything. Yeah, it says it was significantly older than any of the Egyptian pyramids, 2720 BCE, supposedly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there are pyramids all around the world. Like, there are pyramids on our side of the world. Here's the thing is, like, I'm sure ancient people were probably a lot smarter than we realize. And their stuff has just Mm -hmm. been, you know, degraded and buried by time. And, like... I think about this all the time. If I got sent to the past in like ancient times and was expected to survive, I would die. Like for all of my intelligence, I would die. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So let's give ancient people some credit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not overly concerned that we don't know what this was for. I don't know. Maybe they kept food in it. I mean, it could be anything, I guess. The fact that this exists, I mean, doesn't mean I think that other things like it existed at one point. Maybe this one is just really well preserved and maybe there are just like a bunch of these all over the place. Yeah, sometimes I think historians need to calm down. I'm going to say this was for grain storage. Solved. Solved it. (laughs) Done. Oh my God, we should be archaeologists. I thought about it for a hot second. Um, and then I took an, or I took a, what archae, I took a couple archaeology class. I took a Roman archaeology class and I took a Bronze Age archaeology class. And the guy who taught that one was an actual archaeologist. Yeah. Um, and not for me. (laughs) I've heard that, and by that, I mean, I've read on Reddit that to actually do that job is so low paying, such long hours, really unforgiving kind of stuff. Like, if you do that, that's just because you really love that stuff. It's a calling, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like that stuff, but I don't love it that much. <laughs> um, all right, so the next one is, this one I think is really famous. Mm-hmm. Do I know how to say the name of this? No. Let's try the it. The Antikythera. That's what I would say, yeah. The Antikythera Mechanism. So I feel like a lot of people have probably seen this. It looks like a gear. Um, and it was on a ship. So I guess a ship heading from a Greek ship heading from Asia Minor to Rome sank in the Mediterranean in between like 70 and 60 BCE. And in 1900, some divers found it and they found the Antikythera mechanism and it's fancy and it predates, you know, a lot of things. It's like a gear and it works like a gear, I think, as far as they can tell. Yeah, I guess, like, the whole thing is they couldn't, it seemed, like, so far advanced for, like, what we thought of that time period in that area, and people were like, what the fuck is this thing? But I guess they figured out that it is designed to track astronomical movements. Which is so cool. Like, I'm saying, 
I'm so stupid. Like everyone <laughs> when I was younger is like, you're so smart. I would never be able to figure this out. Again, I think like ancient people were probably a lot smarter than we give them credit for, you know, especially in that like era of like the Egyptians up until the fall of Rome, like they really had their shit together. And if you look at like the golden age of Islam, like they had a lot of shit going on and like ancient India. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if we were all wiped out by whatever nuclear war, global warming, whatever. And things were crumbled to dust and then eventually everything rebuilt. But someone found the remnants of, I don't know, like a laptop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'd be like, what the fuck is this thing? So I think about this a lot, which is such a weird thing to think about. But I think about if the zombie apocalypse happened, right? Mm-hmm. And like civilization <laughs> did crumble. Like how fast would you take your ass to a library just to find some books on like agriculture and like how to skin an animal. Oh my God. Yes. Because the mainframe would be down our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't Google shit. You'd have to go get a book. And you'd have to, like, we don't you'd want like a medical book. Yeah. Like the average person doesn't know how to like dress a wound or like plant no. a crop. Yeah. You'd want one on like herbs and things like that. That's a really good point. I think about that. I have a plan, friend. First, you steal a horse. First <laughs> first thing you need to do. And the appropriate tack. And then you need to make your way to a library and get those books. You need to get a bow and arrow somewhere. You want to learn how to, like, fletch arrows. You got to know how to do that. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of things to figure out. Yeah, because, like, even if you had a gun, what happens when you run out of bullets? Exactly. That's why the one guy on The Walking Dead who uses a crossbow is still alive. And Mm. everybody who uses the guns keeps dying. Interesting. Yeah, like when when the apocalypse happens, it's going to be Mm -hmm. the people who aren't like the computer people necessarily who prevail. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be those... Those people who live off the grid, which can I say, I've been following the subreddit called Preppers, which is all people prepping for shit like that. (laughs) It's like a real subculture, I think. Yeah, people get really into it. So I've been like building up like food and stuff, just even in case like COVID, you know, whatever, having toilet paper and stuff like that. I don't got any of that stuff. If it goes down, I guess I'm just out of here. I've been trying to like slowly build stuff up, but there are people who are building up like their medical supplies, their defense like strategies, all kinds of stuff. I have nothing. Do you know what I have medical in my house? I have a thing of Neosporin and a box of one size Band-Aids. That is all I have. Do tampons count? I have some tampons. I think tampons are really useful though in a variety of situations, to be fair. I agree. I agree. If I get shot, you can stick it in a bullet hole. That's what they got invented for. I think if you have tampons... And a needle and thread and alcohol. You can do a lot. I have all of those things. All right. You're good. All right. Let's, let's talk on. about <laughs> Baghdad batteries. <laughs> so Baghdad batteries. I feel like this one is a pretty popular one as well. This was really so, interesting to me. Yeah. So a German archaeologist named Wilhelm Koenig found a number of clay jars, each containing an iron rod encased in a copper cylinder. He published a paper where he theorized that they were ancient batteries or galvanic cells, um, which would be super freaking cool. Um, But I guess not everybody agrees that's what they were. Some people think they were for storing scrolls, where you would have, like, wrapped them around the iron rod and then put it in the copper cylinder. Um, I guess there are, like, similar things around um some students have built replicas which is super freaking cool which made a voltage so if they were batteries they would have worked um but i guess they still don't really know have you seen any reddit threads about people trying to figure this one out i would enjoy that read i've not i'm sure they're out there but like i wouldn't be surprised if they had figured out how to make ancient batteries like if one thing's made out of iron and one's made out of copper you know yeah So I don't know why this made me think of this, but 
Do you want to know my favorite historical fact that I've learned in like the past like six months over quarantine? Yeah. So at the beginning of quarantine, I watched a lot of documentaries um, from this one British woman who does all these series about like daily life because that's my favorite part of history is like Mm -hmm. daily life stuff. Um, And did you know that they used to actually be a breed of dog called a spit dog that would run on a wheel that would turn meat? Like, you had a wheel in your oh house, God. and it was a specific breed of dog that would just run on this fucking wheel. Was it and a breed that's still around? Meat. Or it's like... No. When people figured out how to automate it, they just died out. <gasps> not, a, oh. not a thing anymore. Oh, my God. That's kind of sad. <laughs> I know, but I just thought that was interesting. Oh, my God. People, whenever I hear about stuff, I just think about humans and how manipulative we are. That makes it sound bad. But we are so we are. manipulative and like controlling of other species that we will design a dog to turn a spit for our dinner. And uh-huh. that's it. <laughs> we are the ultimate apex predator. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But anyway, outside of that fact, let's talk about giant stone spheres of Costa Rica. This I have no idea what to make of it. Yeah. So I guess... Since the 1940s, people in Costa Rica have been digging up these stone spheres. Um, They sometimes are really small and sometimes they're really big, like weighing up to 16 tons. Uh, They know they're man-made. They're made from an igneous stone. Remember when we had to take geology together and learn the difference between igneous and all of those? Not good times. Uh, They're made of granodiorite. Hmm. Um, and they don't know what the purpose was for this one. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they played a giant game with these balls. Like feats of strength, maybe like some kind of Olympics in the, I in Costa love Rica. That. I'm down for that. I'm down for that reasoning. A giant <laughs> game of marbles. <laughs> this maybe, one is so confusing. Maybe they marked like borders or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if we did more research, we would find more information. But this article doesn't say anything about, like, any patterns of where they're found or, like, how many of them are big, how many of them are little. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's also one of those things where I'm, like, not overly concerned as to what they were, you know? Maybe they just, in ancient Costa Rica, thought they were pretty. I don't know. So this one, I feel like maybe is the first one where we're like, I don't know. Yeah, we we can't solve this one. I don't have enough context to make a guess. It could be a bunch of different things that are possible, but I'm not too like, I don't know, perplexed by it. Like it could be a lot of things. So that one shall remain unsolved. All right, we'll have to return to that one in the future <laughs> as a duo. Talk about the balls of Costa Rica. <laughs> oh my god, I love the next one. Bog bodies. Yeah, I love. I don't feel like this is a mystery though. Like why I don't is this either. A mystery? I don't know. So I feel like most people know what bog bodies are, but they're bodies that are found in bogs, and when you fall in a bog, you basically get mummified. Um, and so they have found them like as far back as 8,000 BCE. Um, and basically they're just like creepily well-preserved, like creepily well-preserved. Um, and I guess, I guess the like mystery is it seems like they've been deliberately executed and put in bogs. Um, which how did, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I mean, I would guess, I guess, human sacrifice is not an unusual thing back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it could be human sacrifice. It could have been a method of execution. It could be people who have just, like, I don't know, gotten lost in the bogs. I don't know how many of these have been found. But they're really, like, cool. If you look at them, like, it looks like an actual person. But they're Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of years old. They remind me of, I think they're from Peru, the child mummies. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or they just look like they're asleep. Yeah. There's this like little girl who was mummified. They think I 
I think she was like a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They but, left her on top of a mountain. Yeah, like the altitude and the temperature. And so if you like look her up, she's like sitting kind of straight up but slumped over. But she looks real. Like she looks like a real person, but she's like thousands of years old. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. I would say if I had to put my money on it, I think that that's just where they threw their bodies after people were executed. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I don't think it's so much a mystery as, like, a cool thing to just look at. Agreed. Solved. <laughs> we're on a oh, roll. I clicked on, I clicked on the link, and it took me to a PBS page for the show The Perfect Corpse. What is that? Would, that sounds interesting. I don't know, but I would watch it. Oh I guess God. it's all about bog bodies. <gasps> what? Because oh. I think that thing said you could look at what was in his stomach and it was like preserved what he had eaten. Oh, that's cool. Right? Anyway, next one. Oh, God, these words. Cusco, not Cusco from the Emperor's New Groove, different <laughs> Cusco. Same location, though. Uh, Cusco's Sacsayhuaman Fortress Walls, which Peru again. Apparently, we need to be visiting Peru. Right. Um, so it is a walled fortress constructed out of perfectly fitting boulders, some weighing over 200 tons, known as Saxawayman. Uh, they don't really know when it was built. They think probably before the Inca. And they know it was a fortress and a ceremonial location. I guess it's that they didn't know how they built it kind of question. Well, it says the gaps between the rocks are so thin that a piece of paper will not even fit between them. But I I feel like I've also heard that about the Egyptian pyramids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think it's like us not understanding ancient engineering because it's probably like a lot more advanced than we realize. Mm-hmm. I remember in college, in my ancient Egypt class, like my professor talking about some of the proposed ways that the like pyramids were built and one of them was you put the slabs on these like almost like sleighs kind of like flat sledge kind of things and then you wet the sand in front of it so that it makes kind of like a smooth surface to just drag it on hmm. oh. it was interesting because they didn't have okay i'm always like kind of shocked by this but they didn't have wheels to like pull stuff on that's what i always heard about the ancient pyramids yeah i don't think they did how can you build a pyramid and not have designed a wheel because like the wheel did the wheel become like a oh god this is bad an ancient but then again if i'm thinking about prince of egypt i'm pretty sure that they rode like a chariot they did they did (laughs) that's like my reference point (laughs) but i think that's later egypt okay so So when when was the the pyramids the pyramids were built pretty early on i think um hang on i'll ask the google when was the wheel invented? 4,000 BCE. That's it? Yeah. Okay, when, on, when were the pyramids built? Pyramid. <laughs> 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 we're, we're really... Uh, okay, so... <laughs> yeah, the chariot was like 2200 BCE. Well, really? Yeah. But that would be... The Egyptians, because the Egyptians, oh God, this is bad. Okay, so ancient Egypt came after Mesopotamia, right? Uh, sure, I don't know. Right? I think so, right? Oh, God. oh my God, I feel, I just, in my head, feel myself being smacked across the face by my ancient, like, history professors. I'm sorry. <laughs> that it was, was also- a long like 10 years ago. It was a long ago. time ago. <laughs> don't, I don't teach that anymore. <laughs> the pyramids were built like 2500 BC and you said the wheel was 4000 BC? Oh, thank God my understanding of time is correct. Okay, okay. so I they guess invented like, I, I but not... I heard the pyramids were like before the wheel, but I guess that's not true. 
Yeah, because, like, the Sumerians had, they're the ones who tamed horses and, like, put wheels on carts, and, and that was before the Egyptians. Okay, that makes more sense to me than someone being able to build the build the pyramid, but not have constructed a wheel. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like how people figure stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've gotten very like off topic on this pyramid question. This is the kind of thing I tell kids all the time when they're like. I'm stupid. And I'm like, there is a wild difference between <laughs> being knowledgeable about something yes. and being intelligent. Absolutely. Like, inte- intelligence is just what you do with what you know and how you apply what you know. Like, knowledge is knowledge. It's just what you know. Yeah. You can know a lot of stuff and still be an idiot. Just because you don't have knowledge in a certain area doesn't mean you're not intelligent. Exactly. I tell my students that all the time. Yeah. Well, it's it's why I'm not a big believer anymore in like memorizing things. Cause I don't think it really matters. No, if you can look stuff up. It's more can you apply information? Anyway, so I'm unconcerned as to how this was built. <laughs> unbothered. Our ruling is unbothered. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Okay, how many more things are there? Three, this four? Article oh, is like God. really long. Okay, there's three more. Se- <laughs> Seventeen. Okay, so the plain jars of Laos. Um, oh, I'm gonna try and say this in the northern, Jiang, Jiang, Kuang, Kuang. Yeah. Kuang. Kuang. Province of Kuang, uh, province of Laos. A bizarre collection of large circular objects dot the countryside. Believed to be over 2,000 years old, the best guess concerning their function located on the plain of jars is that they had some role in ancient funeral rites. Oh, that's fun. Uh, um, and they kind of just look like, I don't know, where you'd put a fire. Yeah, they're like, look like little hollowed out tree stumps. Yeah, I think that they're just where people either like cooked food or like maybe forged tools or I don't know. Okay, so ancient fire pit? Ancient fire pit solved. Solved. <laughs> Done. Look at us. We're going. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> These words. God. Uh, Malta's Hypogum of Hall Saflieni. Yeah. Sure. Discovered in 1902. Oh, it does look cool. Uh, perhaps initially a sanctuary and ultimately a burial place of some kind, the hypogum is the only preserved example of a subterranean labyrinth architecture in Europe. That's so cool. Hmm. Uh, in use from 4,000 to 20... So they built a sit underground city in 4,000 BCE. Where? It has three levels. Where is this? I have no idea. Malta. Malta. Oh, okay. It's in the title. I literally read it. It's Malta. <laughs> oh, Malta's. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Okay. I'm the one who read it, and I didn't even notice, so. <laughs> Got that reading comprehension. Um, the most mysterious aspect of the edifice is a special chamber known as the Oracle Chamber. Cool. In which words spoken at a normal volume are amplified a hundred times and audible throughout the entire structure. Do you think that's how they made announcements to each other? Like yeah. lunchtime. <laughs> it was like good morning, citizens. <laughs> Today's lunch like the- is pasta. <laughs> like in the Hunger Games in District 13. Like everything's just announced. It's probably like that, right? They lived underground. So this is ancient District 13. Okay. In other words. I just, I'll be honest. I had to look up Malta. (laughs) 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 It's like, I heard of it and I like thought I knew what it was. It's like a little island between Italy and Africa, in case you don't know. (laughs) Wow. I like this one. This one looks cool. I like underground cities. I think they're super cool. Like, why did they decide to live underground? Do you think defense? Do you think they grew food underground? Do you think they went above ground to hunt? Or do you think they were below ground all the time? Do you think something <laughs> happened to them to drive them underground? Was there a natural disaster? Okay. Do you think they looked funny because they lived underground? 
Okay, it could be like the novel The Time Machine and they were the Morlocks and they were spider creatures that emerged <laughs> from the underground at night to feed on people during the day. <laughs> okay. Or okay. it could be maybe like you said defense or like, I don't know, aren't there like volcanoes and shit in that region? Maybe it's like a like a safe room, panic room kind of thing. Hmm. I might have to read more about this later. Or maybe it <coughs> Sorry, was just everyone. like cooler underground. There's that too. I don't know. Oh, maybe it's for had, like, aesthetic reasons. Maybe they just like the look of it. <laughs> they like the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they had like a little elevator to get them to like the surface? I think so. I think they had like a little platform with a pulley. And they would bring the Morlocks up for their feeding and then bring them back down to ground when they were done. Wow. I love that. I love that. Okay. Oh, the next one's in North America. Woo, we finally got one. Okay. This is the North America's White Shaman Rock. In the lower Pecos River Canyon in southwest Texas, a 4,000-year-old rock painting has mystified archaeologists. This one looks lame. Known as the White Shaman Rock. <laughs> lame. It's like a marvel of history. <laughs> and we're like, whatever. The 24-foot cave painting has been interpreted as a depiction of warriors in battle, as well as a recreation of tribal members interacting with the spirit world after Ooh. using peyote. So they were high. Like, why is this... They were high, and they drew some pictures. Oh, my God. Should we do peyote or ayahuasca and do a podcast? Um, are we illegally <laughs> allowed to get peyote? I think you have to be a member of an American Indian tribe to get that. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> if we were legally allowed to. But I don't think we are. I'll look it up. But I'm pretty sure you can't. What about ayahuasca? I think like hipsters do that. Although it sounds like really awful. Is that that tea you drink? It's like a tea and you get like really sick and you feel awful. And then once you push past that part, you start like having visions. Oh, is that what they do in like South America? And, like, some people go down there specifically to do that. I think so. I think a lot of, like, I've heard of um, influencers doing it in, like, L.A. and, like, Mexico and stuff. Mm-mm-mm. I'll stick with my old-fashioned vodka. <laughs> <laughs> old reliable. <laughs> old reliable booze. All right. The last one. One in, like, deep breathing at me. Can I help you? okay so turkeys i don't know what that umlauts makes that sound gold blecky tepi tep tepi tepi let's say tepi oh my god klaus schmidt that's the name of the evil guy in the avengers isn't it (laughs) oh my god that's like not a real name is it klaus schmidt So in 2008, Klaus Schmidt (laughs) discovered a site in Turkey that is believed to be the first ever temple assembled by mankind. Oh, that's that's a claim. Uh, Known as the Gobleki Tepe, this massive carved stone structure dates back to 11,000 BCE. It predates Stonehenge by 6,000 years. Hmm. It was built before the advent of metal tools or even pottery. So did they just... Before pottery, did they, did they, like, if you wanted to make a bowl, did you just, like, carve it out of wood? Did you weave it out of grass? Maybe you wove it. Maybe you, like, wove a basket. That's been a thing for a long time, right? So I guess they didn't have, like, soup then. (laughs) I don't know when... The advent of soup happened. <laughs> I would imagine you would need pottery in order to have soup. Yeah, well, because you'd have to like heat it up. And how would you heat up soup without pottery or metal? Yeah, like you would need 
a big how cauldron. This, this is my thing. Like you, you built this temple before you figured out how to make soup. So just maybe people just didn't have like stuff they ate off. Maybe just picked stuff off. I don't know. Like yeah, maybe I know like ethiopian food you have your like sponge bread which is like really big and then you put your stuff on top of it and Mm -hmm. you use the bread as a vehicle and like naan i think with like indian food and stuff but still man a bowl seems and a plate seems like pretty basic like engineering well you would need to cook the things right that you're putting on your sponge bread or your naan exactly like i don't know i don't know enough about like ancient cooking but it seems to me you'd need I to have a lot s- to look up you need to be able to make soup before you could assemble a temple when was pottery <laughs> invented <laughs> wait, wait 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 am i being this fucking led by this shit pottery oh my god okay it was developed in sub-saharan africa so they figured it out first uh, mm. I need a date. The I ancient date. Greeks had pots, right? Yeah. And vases. Okay. Hang on. Hold your fucking... Okay. This article, I think, is wrong. <laughs> so pottery is one of the oldest human inventions originating before the fucking Neolithic period okay. with ceramic objects like the Gravettian culture Venus of Dolny Vestionice figurine discovered in the Czech Republic dating back to 29,000 BC. Okay. And there are pottery vessels that were discovered in Jiangxi, China, which date back to 18,000 BC. What is this this article talking about? It is some tomfoolery, (laughs) is what this is. I was going to. There was pottery. I know. Who wrote this? Okay. They're going to have a. What? (laughs) What else in this article is wrong? I am sorry, everyone at home, if I have been sharing inaccurate <laughs> historical facts with you because I was too lazy to Wikipedia it. Okay, I was thinking, are we idiots? But no, we're just questioning and using critical thinking. It does say, though, I will say, that they have not discovered pottery in the Middle East that does dates back further than like 7,000 BCE. So this is Turkey. So they, in theory, could not have had pottery in Turkey at this time. Okay. This says it dates back to 11,000 BCE. But, again, just because we haven't found pottery that old doesn't mean they didn't have it. Maybe it has not, like, been preserved or aged well. Maybe it was really shitty pottery. Exactly. How can you build... (laughs) I'm getting, like heated how can you build a temple but not have a pot i'm looking up when soup was invented (laughs) it has to be ancient it has to be like one of the first forms of food (laughs) well they had to have bowls (laughs) literally it's like in the first sentence they had to have a bowl right so What an amazing podcast episode we've recorded this week. Um, (laughs) Evidence of the existence of soup, again, I'm on Wikipedia, uh, can be found as back far as 20,000 BCE. Boiling, boiling was not a common cooking technique until the invention of waterproof containers, which probably came in the form of clay vessels. Oh, oh, I should have just looked this up. So animal hides and watertight baskets of bark or reeds were used before this. To boil the water, they would use hot rocks. Mm. I learned so much today. Maybe we should have an episode just about like ancient shit because I'm reading that book that's all about like ancient stuff. You know what else I think we should have is an episode where we just Wikipedia deep dive. Yeah. Like we start, start somewhere and see where we end up. I'm like, wait, when was soup invented? <laughs> How old is a bowl? <laughs> when was the wheel invented? I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is like one time. Uh, I won't tell the whole story, but basically it was an argument as to when windows became a thing. I have no. Julia will remember. I have no idea. When? What's the answer? Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> like okay, I know they had them in like medieval times. Like glass. I have no idea when glass was invented. Glass, I think, was fairly recent. Like if you're talking like widespread use of glass, 
like not that long like ago. glass in a window yeah like because even like castles like back in the day didn't have glass in the windows they were just holes they were That's just why holes? castles were like yeah they were like horrible to live in they were horrible. What about they were like cold and drafty and like cuz you didn't want people to be able to shoot into the windows. So they were like thin slits. What about like stained glass though? That's been a thing, hasn't it, for a long time? Hang on. I have Wikipedia open. Maybe we should when <laughs> did glass <laughs> windows? <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, okay. So this is from Cora. So I don't know how accurate, but so long. I knew that they used paper for like a long time in like Asia and stuff. Uh, in England, glass became common in the windows of ordinary homes only in like the 17th century. So yeah, like they used it before that. Like I think the Romans had glass in their windows sometimes, but like widespread, like commonplace use. Um fairly recent okay it's yeah expensive let's do an episode about just like ancient shit and when things were invented and discovered okay so may- we'll both make a list yeah of like commonplace things mm-hmm. like forks yeah love that okay, forks we could do um i would love to know when certain animals were domesticated okay um i would like to know when Ooh, what are ooh like a reg like a regular fireplace like with like a chimney? Mm. Um, yeah, I'll have to think on it. Okay, things I want to know about. All right, we'll workshop that idea. But I'm reading a book right now that's all about like stuff like that. So I think I'll have ideas for it. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. We finally worked so- our way through that article. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> A very chaotic episode. <laughs> That's all right. I had fun, and it's what we want to. True facts. True facts. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, do all the things. Like, subscribe, comment. Review. Um, yes, please. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.